Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We are out of our office. We don't have a guest sitting on our couch today. We are in a legacy school. Do yes. you hear that? A legacy school. This is this is a legends show that we're doing this today. This is like the legacy school. And not only are we inside the Sutherland Chan, which I guess most of you have already guessed by how excited we are. We are sitting down today with Grace Chan in person. We're dun, in dun, her boardroom. And on our Zoom is Christine Sutherland. Like, I can't even believe this is happening <laughs> right now. <laughs> is, this, is this feeling like uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon? Is that, is that what this is like? <laughs> yeah, God. Kind of. <laughs> this yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Hey everyone, it's Amanda and we're talking to two massage therapy legends today. So Grace and I recently met, or Mark and myself uh, recently met Grace in the last few weeks and she was telling us just some really interesting stories about how her and Christine got started, how this school came to be, and some of the things that she told us, I didn't even know. Like, I had no idea the two of you were single-handedly responsible for the caliber of education that exists here in Ontario. Like, it's just incredible some of the stuff we learned. I almost want all of this kind of stuff to be archived because there's so many things that people do that all of all, all of these RMTs that are reaping the benefits of people that went before them that they have no idea. And I think it's a real shame that someone has no idea. You go through school, you end up in this profession, you love the profession, you last in it for a very long time. And there was people way before you that kind of laid down that groundwork. And for you to not know anything about that, to me, is is, is not right. And so let's fix two it massage let's therapists and a microphone. So... Um, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to allow Grace and Christine to introduce themselves. I don't know if you guys want to rock, paper, scissors, who goes first. Arm wrestle. But uh, oh, <laughs> Grace Grace said Christine can go first. So Christine, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, which I can't imagine there's anybody, can you give us a little bit of your backstory, um, how you got into massage therapy, how long you've been a massage therapist, where you are now? Sure, I'd love to. Um I was an audiovisual specialist. I thought I would do film and radio and that kind of thing forever. Like I, I didn't think I'd ever go into massage therapy, but I was also living in a back to the land lifestyle. And I used a chainsaw that was like way too big for me. It was a faller saw where the arm was a mile long and I'm tiny like Grace and I ruined my back doing four full cords of wood. And it, massage was the only thing that got me back on my feet. And, um, and I, was, I was really intrigued. And I had 60 chickens and a couple of horses and goats and that. And we were always doing everything we could to rub those animals the right way. So I learned a lot from my Russian Dukabar neighbors. I lived in the Kootenays of British Columbia. And one of the fellows that I had gone to university with went to massage school and Joe came back and he had graduated from the only school that was recognized in British Columbia at the time. And he said, well, you've got a real good reputation with everybody's horses and goats and cows and things. So um, have you ever considered going to school? It was like, no, I was planning to build my own house at the time. And um, he sent me the brochures of the school and in one hand, I had a letter saying that I missed a land deal. And in the other hand, I had an application that Joe had sent me saying, you got to come to school. This is like the beginning of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I um, 
it, it, I didn't have a phone. Like I, I was living no electricity and all that kind of thing. I reeled back to the lander. And so I went to the neighbors. I borrowed the phone, made a long distance phone call to the school. And it was already September. And they said, no problem. We have a late class starting at Thanksgiving. So in six weeks, I sold the chickens, the goats, you name it. And I sold my car and bought the plane ticket. And I had enough money for about two months of tuition. And um, I arrived and I was the only one in the late class. And the class that was already going for six weeks had we had about 10 people and we were on top of um, we we're right at the corner, uh, corner of Blur and Spadina on top of a fast food outlet and on top of the fast food outlet was the school on top of the school was a body rub parlor. And like I was coming to school with the taxi driver making passes because he knew I was going to massage school. Not just any massage school, the massage school underneath the body rub parlor. (laughs) Oh, geez. But what I found out was, was that the person who owned the school, her son owned the body massage parlor. I found that out accidentally when I went into the school desk because I needed papers one night and there was a huge stack of the handouts for the place upstairs. And so I called back to British Columbia. I said, there's been a mistake. This can't be the only place. <laughs> and uh, they said, nope, because in BC, massage was covered by the medical plan. Mm-hmm. Like I'd grown up with massage being a very mainstream medical modality like chiropractic. So anyway, short story, I went to school and um, and the way I got myself through school, I taught at the University of Toronto at the Advisory Bureau the same week that I learned it. I learned it Wednesday night. I taught it Friday morning at the advisory bureau where I had a couple of friends. And um, and Rosemary, who was running the advisory bureau, she was really instrumental in, in coaching Grace and I to, you know, get going and, and get a school going. But anyway, it was it was so that I had a lot of teaching experience before I even graduated. And then when our practical instructor was ill, it was like, uh uh-oh. So I learned it from the senior students and I was teaching it a week ahead of when I was learning it. So I think I learned to fly by the seat of my pants early because when Grace and I were in our first year, there were 101 things that we were we were winging it. We were winging it really well because we had great staff and uh, and great Grace just had to be the best partner. But because I had taught and there was one other school starting called the 3HO school and it was a Yogi Bhajan group. And that's where Grace applied for school. And they got a hold of me back when I had returned to to British Columbia and and offered me a job. So I hightailed it back to Ontario and was teaching the class before Grace's class um, for like $25 a week. And I'd just given up this great job. You know, I was I was looking after the whole health department at the Harrison Hot Springs Hotel. So it could have been a job for life, but thank God I didn't do that. Because I met Grace and she was uh, like a stellar student. Like it, it was, you know, there were really good students and then there was Grace. And can I tell you about our final exam? 
story grace <laughs> I still talk about. Like grace, grace was a researcher from the clark institute right like all the students had really interesting it was a night course we had architects there was gerald yeah. robinson and and um yeah it was it was just a wonderful class of of doers very big time doers and um Grace was amazing in everything, of course, and it was the first time we were doing oral and practical exams, which I thought was a really good idea, but was nerve wracking for the students. And Grace came in and there were a couple of pauses in what she was doing. And I said to her, you know, like you ace everything. So why don't we do this again? Like, you know, um, what about two days from now? And um, like I, I know it'll it'll just be really easy, and guess what? We did we didn't see Grace for for anywhere near the two day. Like Grace had never in her academic career been ever asked to redo anything, and all I was wanting to do was redo it from like an A minus to an A plus, right? Like it wasn't <laughs> anything to do with her having a bad mark. It was just that. It was a nerve wracking situation. And I had told my class that when I took the BC board exams, I couldn't remember the definition of hydrotherapy. So they were all off the hook for nerves and things like that. But Grace was always special. And, and I still tell that story, Grace, about how you were sensitive. And I certainly learned to be way more sensitive because Grace taught me as much as when she was a student as when she was my business partners. Wow, Grace. After an introduction like that from Christine, <laughs> can you can you follow that up with an introduction of yourself? <laughs> I know it's difficult, but I have just as amazing things about Christine too. Um, I, I honestly learned everything I know in massage when I started from Christine. Um, she saved me many times, you know, after I graduated, because our, our education was, was very, it was a thousand hours. We, we did 20 hours of public clinics. A lot of stuff I don't know. So when we were practicing the same clinic um, on Spadina, just south of college, I went in the middle of my treatment. I don't know what to do. Said to my client, said, hold on a second. So I go to Christine's door and say, <laughs> Christine, how do you do this? I have this right. And Christine said, Calm down, take a deep breath, and you just do this, this, and this. Okay, okay. Were you always a perfectionist, Grace? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go from that A minus to the A plus. But Christine obviously always saw something in you. She knew that with the right encouragement that you were going to be a really great therapist. So, like, I don't know who wants to answer this. How did the two of you decide we just need to start a school. We need to do this on our own. How does yeah, that tell come me about? How this happens. Can I tell them about that, Grace? Sure. Tell me how this happens and tell me, kind of give me the timeline for it as well. I'm back in British Columbia thinking I'm going to be there forever. And I meet Grace in Vancouver and Gerald Robinson. They'd flown out to write the BC board exams. And Grace takes us to this amazing restaurant where everything's vegetarian except it's called chicken and like it, it was amazing how grace knew every chinatown of everywhere we ever went sorry about the electrical engineering going on so um grace um is talking to me about you know what she's gonna do and um and also about coming back to toronto 
And, you know, I just arrived back in in God's country and I, I wasn't planning to turn around, but I'd also met this really cute doctor on the way out of Toronto, heading back home. And between Grace and Sheldon, um, I thought I might just go back. And one of our students that was in Grace's class, Jim Blecko, he wrote to me in British Columbia and said, we're having a baby. And do you think you can just come back for the delivery and help us deliver the baby? And I thought, okay, that's a great invitation. I get back there and we share this studio space and Grace is like, um, you know, we should start a school because we were doing seminars and, and all sorts of things. And I said, okay, when we're old and wise, like in, in about a month, we were heading to find out about a school. You guys got old and wise really fast. <laughs> so what Grace and I are doing here, we're heading with our new curriculum to the board of... Director of Masseuse. Pitching them that, look, um, we don't want to do this rinky-dink program that we both graduated from. Give us a break. Let us pitch this curriculum. And we pitched it in Ontario. We pitched it in British Columbia. And then before you knew it, it was real. And the Americans wanted it. Hold on, hold on a second there. Because, like, um, so we've actually spent nine months planning for this curriculum. And as, uh, do you remember Marilyn Peters who said, like, it's like a, a baby. You were kind of really kind of incubating and yeah. just kind of carrying this for nine months. And it was ready to born in nine months. But nine months. She was from Grace's class. Yeah. So to help us, there's a lot of angels we had when we started. Like Marilyn Peters, one of them. Um, you know, but so we would go from breakfast from one restaurant to the next restaurant for lunch to the next restaurant for dinner just talking about the curriculum for nine months mm. imagine we were like <laughs> <laughs> you ate good we ate really well <laughs> until one day kind of go like i can't eat anymore but we should so but anyways the, the, and it was the creme brulee grace <laughs> would take me to all the chinese ones and i'd take her to the ones that weren't very good for us yeah. but the peter pan was we we just about had a table at the peter pan there for a year and 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 then we're ready to go and talk to the board of director of masseuse and um and christine said we can't just go like this because, you know, we're in jeans and everything. And she said, we have to dress up. Mm. So we don't have any dress-up clothes. So we borrow from friends and all that. And we even have gloves, you know, <laughs> like all, all look professional to go in and <laughs> to convince them. So how far out of school, Grace, are you when this is all starting up? Pretty well. I graduated um, 76 and we, we have a school 79. 78, sorry, 78. So, it was so that was well. very fast. Yeah. The, the whole time that the two of you were talking about, um, you know, figuring out the curriculum, taking nine months to write the curriculum, since you both did how you described a rinky-dink program of a thousand hours, how did, how did you do this? Was it your own research? Did the two of you have background in something else? Like, how did you realize, like, this is not sufficient? Massage therapists need better quality education and how did you come up with this curriculum i think we just kind of dream it i think for yes. like we did and, yeah. and some of our dreams came true and some were a nightmare like i thought that if the students learned to draw 
the human body. So remember we hired that great artist and the <laughs> students would have, it was, it was life drawing class, right? And the students would then find out that the core curriculum did not require people right. to do life drawing. So, and because we were like the only school to get student reps, like every class had student reps, before you knew it, after our first year, we were quickly modifying. Th- I think we modified things for two or three years. Like, do you remember we started with fetal pig dissection? Because yes. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. So when we were still down Spadina across from Grossman's, there we were with all the buckets of fetal pigs. Well, that was just about enough there to close. I wish the you place could see down, Mark's like face right now. Oh, I'm smiling for several things. <laughs> I'm smiling for several things because Grossman's Tavern. I enjoy, and 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 I want to ask you guys about smoking drugs at, at Grossman's Tavern because Grossman's is one of the like when I was in university, which was I don't know nineteen like mid nineties. That was one of the few places you can go in Toronto and sit and watch the band and spark up a joint, and no one will say anything, no one will kick you out. You can just smoke drugs freely in Grossman's Tavern. Was it was the it like things that? I don't know. Was it like that? <laughs> I haven't been, so I don't know. <laughs> it was way before that. We yes. were above mm. the Budapest Bakery, mm. and it. It was before the time when people were even taking drugs anywhere to combine. You know, it was that we're talking 70s. So when when you guys are coming up with this curriculum and, and and I imagine it being you're sitting around going, this is the stuff that I think would make the profession better. This is the stuff that I think would make me better as a therapist. And therefore, everyone should kind of know this stuff. When you're looking to shop this around and present it, is this an exciting moment? Is this a really, I'm just goddamn scared? Is this a what are we doing type of thing? Like, give me the vibe for for what that's like at this time. I, I think we... we... I, I just can't remember we were so engrossed in developing it. A lot of it is because from what we lack yeah. from the uh, schooling that I had um, and and what Christina observed to in the curriculum that that was missing. Because I go, when I was going through school, I remember massage somebody and they got up and said, wow, my pain in my arm just went away. And I go, well, 20 massage is not good enough. Yeah. Right. That's why I have to knock on Christine's doors every ten minutes to find out what to do. So we thought, okay, we have to have so many clinical hours. Right. You know, and then I and then we have I, some uh, some patient come in and 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 then Christine and I said, you know, people should know how to work with uh, students should know uh, therapists should know to, how to work with um, patients in wheelchairs. Right. You know, so we t- so we taught how to transfer from wheelchairs to the table, um, and all different kind of uh, like. Anything we can think of that yeah. musculoskeletal and all that, that we should know. So that's how we'd plug in. And then Christine has been working with baby massage and all that. We, we, so we're putting into the program as well. And she mm-hmm. was really instigated in terms of really spreading the word. So I remember her when have a, a, um, a stroller with a skeleton and she would stroll it into a kindergarten and teach stud- teach the kids in terms of of, of um healthy touch and teach them about the body, teach right. them about skeleton and get the student, the, 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 the kindergarten students excited about, you know? That was our outreach. Like we had all our students in the first class take our skeleton and we went to the Kensington school and our students taught the kids about their muscles and their bones and all the skeleton stuff. And it had to be fun. And yeah, our outreach stuff was amazing. In fact, look at this. I've got a picture here, and that's Fiona, 
right there. And that's us dragging the students out around the, the neighborhood to do those kind of interactive things. The other thing that Grace and I came up with was like we were the first to put massage tables all in the same room. And it wasn't about having private spaces that were like professional spaces. It was exactly the opposite so that the students could hear what was going on with the supervisors being interactive so that the students weren't just doing massages. The supervisor went from table to table. And, and at the beginning, like we didn't have any idea that we were losing money. Should I tell them about that one, Grace? Oh, it's just hilarious. <laughs> Please. There we are. We're, we're, I think when we started, we were charging $10, right? So the linen was, was that we had a linen service come in. That was like half of that five um, to go. Then we were having supervisors that got rid of the other five. Like we weren't even covering our costs. And my husband, when I got married, he was calculating one summer about how Grace and I were kind of going in the hole. Like, it's like, when are you guys ever going to get a salary? Or when are you ever going to like split a salary? Or, and no one would know it because everyone else was getting paid. But, and then Willie says, um, do you realize you're losing about 10 to 20,000 probably a year on the student claim? Well, that was exactly what we were doing, running into the whole, oh, Grace, remember at the beginning? But we were also paying the students. So we were giving the students mm-hmm. money from what we were bringing in. So literally everybody was making money except you guys. Yeah, because, <laughs> and, and we have no idea how, how much to charge the tuition. Right. We just kind of sit down and we kind of go, well, how much should we charge? Well, 1700 sounds good. And that's, that's what it was but for tuition. <laughs> and it's like... We didn't know how to calculate overheads and all right. those kind of stuff at all. So you guys had brilliant minds when it came to massage therapy, but I guess neither of you were business-minded Did people. Did at any point <laughs> for any of you guys, anyone in your close circle say, what the hell are you guys doing? You don't know what you're doing. Pack this all in and, <laughs> and, and just go treat people. Did that ever happen? No, because, no, because no. we were we were the best from the beginning. The school looks so good, right? But they don't know behind the scenes, right? Mm. They don't know that we're trying to kind of, you know, do the massage and hand to mouth, you know, just yeah. working and, right. and keep the school so going. Can I just while. go back for for a really quick sec? So when you when you take this and you present it to the board of directors, right? Does this get accepted right away, or does it get rejected several times? They went. They went. It wasn't not. It wasn't accepted in the sense that yeah. they go, "Are you kidding me? Why you why present this, this to to us? Uh, you know, it's like we already got three other schools going, and and no, we don't want another school." Yeah. But then they had, but they said, "Sit, let us sit with us for a while." So we just leave the proposal up there, and then after a while, they kind of said, "Okay, you you can have the school, but." Not the curriculum that we presented. Okay. We still have to go through the old because everything has to pass through the government. Right. The, in terms of of that, so it was a while before the the, the two thousand hours was accepted. Huh. And remember, in British Columbia, in British Columbia, there had been a monopoly for so many years that one school was governing it, and it seemed to be that they were losing our packages. So my dad, who was Mister Magistrate, got on the phone with me. And it was like, okay, I was in Vancouver. I was going to come down to the office and my father and, you know, and boy, did it speed up. Like all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we've got your, we've got your, 
you know, we were sending it registered mail, we were doing everything. And, and it was, and then it just was a ripple effect. You know, after that, we had graduates from like our very first class, our second class, I think it was Linda Sola started a school in Maui, and um, the school started in British Columbia. And it, it was just, you know, it was so nice that the seed that we had planted was so strong like we interviewed every student I think that was the other thing Grace yeah. mm-hmm. like we knew that if we were going to make a difference it had to be grassroots so we really picked movers and shakers so we did pick kind of troublemakers like if you look at the first five classes they were all the kind of people that were going to go out there and make a difference mm. troublemakers we would have been accepted yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but 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 I think other than the curriculum there that the school startup being a little different is we, we do care about the students learning because a right. lot of students has been out of school for a long time. Yeah. So Rosemary that uh, Christine talked about for a while, she would come in and teach students how to take notes, how to study and stuff like how that. How to be so, students. Yeah. How to be an adult to, learner. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so we add that into it. And and I remember, you know, in their exam, the students the final exam, you know, we would like we go and massage the shoulders while they are writing their yeah. exams. Remember we got dressed up? I was wearing a really pretty dress for the last exam. We just want to make sure they relax when they write the exam. This blows me away. This blows me away. So I'll tell you why this blows me away. Because if in Facebook land in throughout Canada with, with RMT groups, there's always the complaint about... The schools don't do enough. It's 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 the education needs to evolve. Blah 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 blah. And everyone talks and no one does anything, right? Versus like I'm listening to you guys reminisce about all of this stuff, you and I'm saw like, where there were gaps, and you and fixed you, and, it, and, and, and you didn't just sit around and yammer about it. You you bucked up and you did something because you wanted things to be different. And we talk about this quite often, where we feel like if a school decides that they want to go above and beyond and make their program right now it's not even ours anymore right it used to be 2200 now it's all competency based but I mean if a school said they want to do well let's make it a three year program and let's add this and let's add this and let's add this to get that competitive advantage and just to add more stuff but no no one wants to do that because you know they're sitting back at the end of the day going well you know, no one's going to want to take this for three years and blah, blah, blah. Complacency is easy and you make money still. I love the balls that you guys had to go to go make that happen. Grace is like, excuse Grace me, like, the balls, balls I had. <laughs> I got to tell you about some of the things that are now invisible. Like we had the most, the the reason that we went so broke and so, took such a long time to ever get a salary was our, we had outreach programs going like if the business, thank God, Rona Birenbaum came and rescued us and was able to make it all work and still get herself paid as being our business manager, because we would have at the same time, three outreach clinics, we'd have an outreach clinic for, unfortunately, they were calling it like unwed mothers at the Salvation Army. Um, so lots of pregnant girls living in dorms and stuff. We would have members of Street Haven, Grace, mm-hmm. and they, these were all women living on the streets. We were massaging people through about four layers of clothing. And um, we had just, uh, oh, I think about five outreach clinics that no one was paying anything for the massages. And it was our students gaining that kind of experience. And now, you know, 
I think about the fourth textbook, or is it maybe the fifth that I'm supposed to do is called Transitioning in Good Hands. And now there's, there's nobody blinks about an outreach clinic for transitional people, right. for, for gender change and for everything that massage can do in one of the schools in Victoria. You know, but when Grace and I were doing it, it was something that we were, I think, in the the years of radical educational change, because we were very much an experiential school. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of interactivity. Our teachers really weren't allowed to stand at the front of the class and just deliver. They had to get the the students palpating. We drew with Mm -hmm. markers. Yeah on ourselves about where the muscles went like it was it was a different brand of education that, that brand of education that kind of sp- spawned all of this stuff do you think that would hold up now i i i would love to say part of it would be yeah. there are some things i still would like to have that experiential things for the students i think students. part of it stuck though i mean when we toured here a couple of weeks ago the most amazing thing to me was the extras that still exist at Sutherland Chan. Mm-hmm. There's still, you know, the I can't remember what it was called, but the whole study hall piece where students can go in and get extra help with practical components with clinics. You've got all different types of clinics, different types of outreaches. Like Sutherland Chan students still get the opportunity to work with a whole variety of people, whereas some other massage schools, it's the student clinic and then, you know, they organize a couple outreaches here and there. So. Yep. I feel like their brand really stuck around. Yeah. No, Grace continued with with all of what was the the main arteries of what flowed the circulation of excellence in our school. And um, like I'll never forget some of the students that we accepted that weren't academically perfect, but we knew they were hands-on exceptional you know and that was that was a really big deal for us and I think also you know what we um because we were one of the first schools to have like um like a teaching manual like when I had left the 3-H show where I met Grace I wrote out a treatments manual and we used that and we used the only textbook available at the time was Tidies That's right. uh, Remedial Exercises. And it was a British book. And, you know, it was so neat because Fiona um, went from our school to, to write one of the best textbooks I think that will ever be written, you know, and it's just fantastic that, you know, she came from our school and taught at, she was, she was just with Grace right through all of that transition. And, you know, Grace has given birth to litters of changing catalysts, you know, all the people that went from the early grad classes to the grad classes right now yeah. are still making huge changes. Yeah. There's some, some amazing, um, uh, graduates that been doing that whole transition from from the board of directors masseuse to under the under the drug list practitioners yeah. into the the college right. you know like there's a whole group of those grads that kind of move that and and I think those those people it's good to talk to as well yeah and Deborah Curtis was was like a grace chan like finding grace at another school and partnering up with her was like just a dream yeah. and and for grace to be able to partner with with Deborah and and Deborah was 
is so well known as a, a, a medical scholastic and Trish Dryden Trish and Dryden, to have yeah, those people, you know, to have Trish do all those years of research, like I have quoted, like I just finished these phrases. I was going to send you both of them, but birthing in good hands and dying in good hands. Like I never would have done these. I never would have had such a fancy um, medical. Oh, and this one is the one that we're, we're just finishing wheeling all the wheelchair stuff. You know, we used to get, I don't know how many, 24 wheelchairs at one time. The Red Cross wouldn't and couldn't do that now, but we had all the students when they were learning wheelchair massage, all wheeling out on the corner of Lawrence Spadina. And it was, it was our belief that if people spent 24 hours in a wheelchair, it would change things everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, Grace has that same quality now that she had when I first met her, it wasn't anybody who flew out to British Columbia in those days and wrote the board exams if they weren't planning to live there. I mean, Grace was able to collect on every level and especially being like, you just don't realize what a scholastic um, whiz she was, you know, and the family background that she came from. Nobody can see this, but the more and more Christine praises Grace, the more and more embarrassed Grace gets. You're too humble, Grace. <laughs> She's always been that way. She always will be that way. But I couldn't have picked a better partner. And, you know, being a Scottish Chinese combo, what's the work ethic? 24-7. I mean, we couldn't go wrong. That's all we did. Yeah. I also nice I think I remember something too. So we didn't have much money right. when we started the school and we wanted to have lockers uh, for the students. So the hotel, uh, was it King George Hotel? Whatever it yeah. was, a hotel. And they New were York Hotel. Yeah. So they, they give us the, the lockers. So we we bought we kind of bought those lockers, the whole thing for 25 bucks or something like that, really cheap. Took it to the school, set up the lockers, but it was kind of pretty gungy and, and needs a coat of paint. So Christine said, okay, come on, let's go paint it. So I was still kind of in my old way of, of doing things. So I showed up in my stiletto heels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to paint. To paint. So, so Christine looked at me and said, you going to do this in this? I said, what's wrong? Right. It is so fascinating to hear because like Mark said, you know how many students are going to listen to this? Sutherland Chan alumni are going to listen to this and they would have had no idea how you guys started and no idea that, you know, I, I tried to interject, but you know, your stories were too interesting. So I shut up for a second. But the reason that we do so many hours of education is because of you guys, right? Like it was a thousand hours, it became 2000. And then all of these experiences, like all the stuff that we get to do now was because of you. And it started with dreams, a lot of fattening food and <laughs> DIY projects with no money. Like for anybody listening to this, this should inspire you to like, if there's something you think you want to do, yeah. you don't need to be in the perfect position because you're probably never going to be, you know, it's like the people who say, Oh, I'm going to wait till I'm waiting. more financially stable to have a family or I'm going to wait. No, if you want to do something, figure out what you want to do. The how comes along the way, right? Mm. You guys figured it yeah. out along the way. Christina is a great planner and 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 a barterer. Mm. So when we have the first school, which is just one floor, you know, on the second floor of seven four four hundred two Spadina, which is south of uh, uh, college, we have no money to do anything. Mm -hmm. So she had no friend who's an electrician. So she said, "Okay, 
can you put the wiring together here for us in exchange for like 20 student massages? Mm-hmm. You know? Amazing. Or, or, you know, like uh, or Grace and I would kind of share and give you some, and, and another person with a carpet. You know, it's like, okay, we pay for a carpet, but the labor, can you do it? And we, like a lot of bothering going on. And mm-hmm. I learned so well, much. We tore down that wall, Grace. Like Grace yes. and I each had a treatment room. We tore down the wall in between. And then about five to seven months later, our landlord showed up and we really didn't want to open that door. And it was like, yeah, uh, we are a school and I know the carpeting is right across where that wall used to be, but we'll put the wall back up as soon as we move. (laughs) And we had the blackboard underneath the quilt. So we converted that classroom back into a treatment room. I would do my patients at six and seven in the morning and then teach and Grace would do hers in the evening. Like basically our practices, our private practices financed us for the first few years. Yes. Yeah. I, I have my practice in the evening. So after the school hours and I go practice and that's how we survive in terms of financially. Yeah. Supporting the school and ourselves. Do what you got to do. And that's the beauty of massage therapy as a profession. Yeah. You know, you talked about the bartering. We've got something people want yep. so we can figure out how to get what we need. Right. <laughs> okay. I know that Christine doesn't have a ton of time. She's got to go pick up her granddaughter. So I want to hear Amanda, some wild stories from you guys. <laughs> just, just on that same note. Um, you know, I didn't think in, in COVID times and just before COVID that, you know, I, I could keep teaching. And the neatest thing about Zoom is like, I'm here up by Alaska. You folks are in Toronto. And we're right here. Well, after a brief moment of technical difficulty, ironically, just as Christine was saying how amazing it is that she's all the way up by Alaska and we're here in Toronto and yet we're all connected. Our laptop died and we got disconnected, but we are back. So, Christine, sorry to cut you off. You want to finish your thoughts? Yeah, it's just so neat. You know, when I look at my YouTube channel and there's like seven million people, it's like, oh, my God, five million of them want maternity. And the rest, it's everything else that I've got, you know, palliative and wheelchair and pets and you name it. But just to have the COVID um, inheritance of being able to teach anywhere and everywhere, you know, that I can teach international gerontology in India and in the Philippines. And when I do a class here, it can be at a time when people in the Maritimes and even further out can be in the same class. And it just means that, you know, the power of what Grace is doing is a ripple effect. You know, what we can have in the classroom, like we can have a patient with a problem and we can be one-to-one, but we can have 20 other people being able to see what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We can see what 20 other students are doing and they can all be in individual places with palliative patients, with pregnant patients. I mean, it's it's really a gift about the technologies that we can weave into the classroom to teach even a, a larger group of students. Absolutely. I love that you guys have still such a passion for teaching after Absolutely. all of these years and education. So as I was saying before our crazy technical difficulties, because I know we're running low on time here, 
I've got to hear at least a couple of crazy stories because I know from speaking to both of you personally, you've got so many. And by the way, <laughs> y'all have fabulous memories for stuff. You really like, do. <laughs> I've all, I've been a massage therapist for I don't know seventeen years now. Like I don't remember. I don't. I, I don't remember two years ago. And you guys are pulling back like from way back. I love it. I love it. Well, can I tell you about Grace on my on my baby delivery? Like Grace was there when I got married and. And I slept at Grace's place the night before I got married and we arrived in this limo. But then, you know, what was it a year or two later, I was in, you know, labor and delivery. And I'd been, this is when I went into labor, right? I'm in front of the classroom right there. She's holding up a photo teaching in labor. Yeah, I'm pregnant. And, And then the outreach class comes in and I can hear them banging around on those lockers that Grace was talking about. By the way, Grace, we had to, we had to pound those lockers down the stairs to make them fit. Remember? <laughs> and so um, we had sledgehammers to get them into place. But, um, and I just yelled, I said, could someone come in? And Michael Bard came in and, oh no, he yelled, he goes, I'll just be a minute. And I thought, okay, my water hasn't broken, but I'm definitely having a contraction. And he comes in to that downstairs clinic and he goes, yeah. I said, um, I'm in labor. And, you know, when you had a reunion, Grace, like about, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, Michael came right up to me and he says, I still remember that night where I made you wait till I could get around <laughs> the corner there when you were in labor. Okay, but that's Thursday night, right? By Saturday morning, I'm still in labor. We aren't having a home delivery anymore. I'm at, was it Women's College or the General? I'm at the General down on university. And I have a, a epidural, a episiotomy, whatever the heck it was. Anyway, for the first time, I was like passed out. And I just had maybe one centimeter to dial it. I opened my eyes and there's Grace. Mm. I said, Grace, what are you doing here? She goes, uh, your in-laws are out there. They're tearing the place apart. So Willie's parents were just going stir crazy by Friday. And there was no baby. Now by Saturday. And so Grace goes, I'm going out there to calm things down. And, you know, it was the most significant thing, Grace, about that whole labor and delivery. And so I thought that my in-laws were taken care of. So we're in the delivery room. I get Crystal out. She bounces out with lots of help. And all of a sudden, bang, the doors open. And Grace was able to calm down my in-laws. But all of a sudden, my father-in-law got loose. He broke into God the delivery room, <laughs> running after him is the um, security guard, grabs him and hauls him out. I think I'm the only person that had their business partner try and corral the family during labor <laughs> and delivery. And Grace did a really good job till that very last second. That's a good business partner. <laughs> we spend a lot of time together, uh, um, you know, even after school, there's a lot of gatherings, you know, so I know uh, Christine's mother really well. Um, I know her husband and then her husband's family really well. Mm. Um, so my family's on Hong Kong, so they, Christine don't get to meet them very often. But uh, but yeah, we, we were very, very close and, and, and uh, enjoying each other's company. And I learned like how to cook salmon in the dishwasher from Christine. How to cook salmon in the dishwasher. That's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I have a section of my YouTube channel called Christine's Cuisine. But, you know, with Grace, um, also it was Chinese New Year's. Like I knew that um, (laughs) there was natural rhythm with certain cultures, but I had never, ever seen the Chinese dance. And like all of a sudden the music would start. There was no one sitting down. No one. And Grace was out there just rocking. And everybody, (laughs) all her friends, all her relatives. And, you know, Grace, when I was touring with Lorena McKinnett, remember um, it was a cousin, I think, and her girlfriend was working for an airline. And we were flying, I think it was in France. And this tall, beautiful Chinese woman comes up to me and goes, I met you through Grace. And she was a partner with, I think it was a cousin or one of a relative. And we used to know them in the first few years of the school. And it was just amazing to hear all the stories that she had about, you know, just the culture on that side. I mean, I just learned more. That was always my dream, you know, to go to Hong Kong because Grace would go to Hong Kong in Chinese New Year's. For she would take that month and I would go in the summer back to the Kootenays and I would take that month. And, you know, we really had um, a wonderful way of filling in for each other, too. Yeah. You know, Grace would spend summers on her own running the place in Toronto. And I would always have the winter time with Grace coming and she would come back with suitcases full. I loved helping her unpack her suitcases <laughs> full of dried food from Hong Kong. Oh my gosh. I remember the dried mushrooms and oh, it's yeah. great. And um, Christine's mother really looked after me very well as, as well. So when I go out to BC and I visit, you know, I have to some business to do, you know, talking to other schools and stuff like that. And, um, and Christine was still in, in, in Ontario. I would visit. I would. Her mother would say, "Come stay with me, right?" So I stay with her, and she, I, would, I would have the, the the hot water bottle ready for me in the be- in bed. Aww. You know, the bottle <laughs> at my feet. You know, she would just make me just so comfortable, it was so nice. That was really good memories. You guys had see. Mark and I are business partners. We're you know we're married, so we're life partners. We're business partners. We're partners in everything. We have kids. We've got multiple businesses. Mm. You guys sound like you were just as close as us, and we get asked all the time. Do you guys ever want to kill each other? Surprisingly, I don't ever want to murder him, but did you guys ever have Surprisingly. friction? Surprisingly. <laughs> I spend I spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with you, and I still like you. So that's pretty good. Pretty good yeah. Did you guys ever have friction or did you just have such a beautiful, oh my God, this is the key. Nobody can see this. I'm just looking at the most adorable picture of these two. Yeah, we were rubbing noses more of the time. Grace and I never had an argument or a disagreement. You know, for 12, 13 years, 14, we were always in each other's um, hearing distance. And it was it was wonderful. I mean, we would get our purses stolen at the same yeah. time. Like how someone could come all the way down that hall and grab our purses and then we'd you know, get them in the garbage can outside the Jewish Y at the corner. But it was, yeah, it was just, um, we had so many uh, adventures with students too, you know, when we knew a student would lie to us. And then we decided, oh God, we got to do something about that. And then we come in on a Saturday. And, you know, the thing about being so close also with the board of directors, we phoned that fellow 
and he would coach us um, about what to do in certain situations. And, and we, I think we got a lot of respect for just asking for help, you know, when we needed um, the higher sources to give us some guidance on how to handle situations. Because we would have cities, no names, phone us and asked us if we want a lot of money because they'd like to start a whole body rub chain and if we could just endorse them. And, you know, remember that? That was just unbelievable. You were somewhat telling us about that a couple weeks ago, Grace, because back then people didn't really understand the difference between massage therapy and erotic massage and we were saying you know unfortunately there are still some people who don't get that there's a difference but because of people like you there's a lot more public education and people do understand that Mm -hmm. massage therapy is just that therapy and uh but you guys both went through a lot of solicitation didn't you yeah yeah (laughs) but i just gotta thank you to um social media whizzes for having your institute and I would just I would do anything to teach for for you and Grace my publisher said when are you going to launch your textbooks I'm going okay I gotta wait till there's three of them and then I don't want to go anywhere except Sutherland Chan and they went well you have to go everywhere I said okay well can I start with Grace (laughs) so when I went on and I saw all the students like you've got something on the web where all the students are dancing in their classroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really neat. If you haven't seen it, it just shows the um, the liveliness of the place. So I have to find out how to do a, a book launch where I do Sutherland Chan first. So, and, and then I can let loose on the world, but <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Grace, it's just amazing. You know, it's like, like a sister that I haven't, I just still miss you. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I I haven't seen Christine in person for a few years now, um, so this is nice opportunity to see her. I'm so happy we got to do this reunion Absolutely. on our podcast. Yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's been about ten years. It's long time. Oh wow! Yeah, you guys Love are due you. for an in person reunion. Yeah. It, yeah, we keep missing each other. Sometimes she, you know, she'll be in Toronto, but a short stay. She'll come into school for student clinic massage. She'll leave a message and say, "Grace, hello," and then you know, so. Awesome. Well, before Christine runs off now, Mark, you have anything else? Yeah. I know she's no, got to go pick up away. her this granddaughter. Is, this is cool. Thank you very much for hanging out with us and uh, letting us come in here and do this. This is great. Thank you. Well, I have I have a blessing that is really good. I usually use it for grace or sometimes when I do a workshop, we end with it. But um, I'd love to, to do it. It's a really short one. Yeah, go for it. I put my hands in yours and together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We're all together now reaching out our hands for power and strength greater than ours. And as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. Mm. Thank oh, you, Christine. Thank you. You just made you, all Grace. of the listeners cry. <laughs> Thank you, Christine. Love you. Love you. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace. <laughs>